everyone. My name is Haley Ratliff, and I'm the pastor of Agape House in Hinton, West Virginia. West Virginia is really quite beautiful, especially where I live. We are nestled in the valley, surrounded by majestic mountains where three rivers come together. It's a really very small community and the type where everyone knows your name. We literally have one traffic light for the whole county. <clears throat> one could say that I live in a bubble, and if I had to be honest, I would agree. I'm very much a homebody and I'm really kind of a loner. I don't have to be surrounded by people to be content or happy. I have a full-time job wherein I'm afforded the luxury of working from home. So my life consists of God, my family, my church, and the network. I really don't ever veer far from that, ever. I do have to travel quite a bit for work, but I'm either at the office or in my hotel room. I'm the type of person who is aware of what goes on in the world. I don't necessarily put my head in the sand, but I am the type of person that chooses to separate myself from it as much as possible. I prefer to be surrounded by like-minded people or most especially to be in the presence of the Lord. Unfortunately, the reality of life is that this type of bubble is not sustainable. The harsh reality of life is that we have to function in a world where there is tobe and raw. We were not created for the purpose of simply hiding ourselves away until the rapture comes. We were created for magnificent things. We were created to do so much more than that. God would not have sacrificed his only son for a people that were content to sit on a bench and wait for the train to come. I recently had the privilege of spending the last week of life with one of my favorite uncles. I cannot remember a time in my life growing up, even into my adulthood, that he wasn't around. The beginning of May of this year, he was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer and the Lord took him home on the morning of July 27th. I spent the very last week he was alive with him and his wife at their home in South Carolina. It was both beautiful and traumatic. To say that I was ripped out of my bubble or my comfort zone would be an understatement. The atmosphere that I walked into was charged with anger, bitterness and hatred. I felt completely off guard in a state of shock and not fully aware of all that was going on around me. However, in the midst of all of that, I was able to have some wonderfully memorable times with my uncle. We laughed and we cried a lot. Looking back, I can now see that even in the midst of the chaos, the, pre the presence of the Lord was so evident and there were magnificent times of overwhelming love and peace. The Lord was truly with me as I had asked him to be and he was gracious and merciful to my uncle. My uncle was never in any pain and he actually died peacefully in his sleep. Upon my return home, I was completely drained and trying to process what I had seen, heard, and been subjected to. 
I was also trying to process what my poor uncle had been subjected to. I was in a complete and total disbelief. My heart was absolutely broken, but I have to be completely honest. There was some significant anger there as well. My anger was not directed toward the Lord, but it was anger that needed to be dealt with. I also had what seemed to me like a thousand questions for the Lord. I simply could not understand why a 69-year-old man in the prime of his life had just died. God is sovereign and his will is absolute. It is not my place to question him. He chose not to heal my uncle. However, the illness did cause my uncle to reevaluate his life and to reconcile himself with God. If not for the illness, would he have done that? I'll never know for sure, but I am eternally grateful that he is in the arms of the Lord. As I sat and meditated on the Lord, trying to understand and make sense of this life we live, he dropped Psalm 23 in my spirit. It's important to note here that the Lord also began to remind me of the differences between my life and my uncle's. We did not walk the same spiritual path, and therefore, you cannot really compare apples to oranges. The lesson was not for me to really understand the why and how of my uncle's life and death, but for me to reflect back and understand mine. So let's take a look at Psalm 23 in its entirety. King David loved the heart of God. In the most famous of Psalms, David wrote of the still waters to which God would lead him. The still waters are literally the Manuach waters. Manuach is a Hebrew word translated as rest and still in the Old Testament, meaning the continuing and attendant abiding place of the breath or presence of God. Only a new walk or first fruits individual can welcome God's abiding presence to a place. It is a temple-like or permanent place where God could dwell. So let's read the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In the 23rd Psalm, a stream of water attends to the person dwelling in this place of continual provision and confidence. The word identified the existence of many streams making glad the city of our God. Streams represent refreshing and fertility, as well as the prospect of travel and access. From this place of continued measure of the active presence and breath of God, there is a promise of paths of righteousness. These paths are ones of the triumphant dominion in the name or purpose of the Lord God. Deep within the heart of the king, there existed an ever-present desire to create the place of Manuach for the nation. 
David enjoyed the presence of God and he desired to make the heart of God available to the people. This sentiment was a continual passion within him. While David had the tabernacle with him, it was always in the heart of the king to build a permanent house for the breath of God. This is the heart continually seeking after God and not simply for the momentary delight of his presence. David wanted the spirit of God and he longed to establish the place of continual visitation with him. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus, we no longer need a tabernacle. The veil was torn and we have direct access to the throne room and the Father. We have been granted that place of continual visitation with him. David is also granting us a wonderful insight as to what it means to be a true warrior of the Most High. He utilized the rod, the staff, and the, the nakam in the description of walking with God through the valley of the shadow of death. Valleys always represent the chasm between high places. Perhaps it is also fitting to observe valleys as the separating point between promise and fulfillment. The valley was when David ran to meet and defeat Goliath. The valley should be a fertile area ripe with the promise of sowing and harvest. The enemy wants to intimidate therein and to threaten the believer from establishing righteousness within its boundaries. His threats are merely shadows, but they have little substance. God is always walking with the warrior in the midst of the valley. He is counsel and communing with his beloved sons in his walk of obedient partnership. The rod is a device of power and precise direction. The staff represents appropriate leadership and solution to administrative challenge. Therefore, the power, direction, and leadership of the Lord will direct our partnering with him in his breath. This is the marvelous aspect of aligning with the breath of the Lord in the midst of challenging scenarios requiring change. The parameters of the rod are evident and the staff fulfills its, its function within. Our comfort seems to be firmly attached to our divinely established position of service. This is what God discusses with us as we are establishing his will within the valleys of this world. David said we must deny giving place to fear by reason of our knowledge of the presence of God with us. The place of the valley is the time when God is nearest. There are many times in the Bible where the valley of the shadow of death is referenced. These references speak of the areas either yielding life and vitality or death. In Psalm 44, dragons are said to guard over the breakpoints of enemy terrain while the shadow of death encompasses the place of abode. While we are in this death-laden place, God is actively preparing a table for us in the very presence of our enemies. As a result, God releases an anointing upon the head and the cup is running over. It is at this precise moment that the scripture clearly says that goodness or tobe and mercy are depicted as following David for the duration of his life and causes him to be able to abide in the house of the Lord forever. The Hebrew word for follow in the passage above is radaf, and it means to run after. What is God really saying about goodness and mercy in this context? 
One is that as we submit our lives to this Psalm 23 process, we can expect the purpose and mercy of God to run after us as long as we live. As this happens, the goodness or tobe and mercy will continually propel us to abide in the house of the Lord. Whenever we are in the valley, God has not abandoned us. In fact, some of the greatest blessings of God will manifest us while we are in this death-laden place. Yes, there will be death and evil or twisted purpose of the enemy. There will also be ungodly fear and enemy forces that will try to stop us. However, God will use this valley time to prepare a table of revelation in the very presence of opposition, and the Lord will release an anointing that will cause his good and perfect purpose and mercy to run after us. All of this happens by virtue of us submitting to this time in the valley. Do you desire that the tobe and mercy of the Lord would run after you all the days of your life? If you answered yes to this question, then the valley of the shadow of death is the place where this purpose and mercy of God will come. Valleys are not necessarily a bad place to be. God views the valley as a place of preparation, revelation, and anointing. Focus on the end results of the valley. Otherwise, we will become discouraged and feel like God has completely abandoned us. Even after we have attained the call and chosen levels, we must continue to be faithful and pressed forward. We must be willing to resist what comes against us and never abandon the mandate of God's leading. We must be faithful to the Lord in our passions, in our prayer, devotion, worship, study, and obedience. We will be tempted to simply abide within the new realms into which we have moved in the Lord, especially since each, each progression has been wrought by virtue of much sacrifice in war on our part. The Bible says that our great shepherd leads us by the still waters and we feed in the lush grasses. But the shepherd at some point tells the sheep it is time to get up and keep moving. Our shepherd wants a people who, no matter how good and lush the place to which he has led, will keep moving ahead in him. It is often difficult to get people who are in the called state to move into the cost of the chosen state, especially if they do not want to move. It is equally difficult to get people who are in the chosen level to move into that place of faithfulness because of the temptation to find a comfortable place and dwell on that plateau. If we are at a comfortable place, why do we need to keep moving? Those that are with Jesus are not only called and chosen, but are faithful to move with him wherever he is going. God calls intercessors to this place of stretching. A gap or valley could easily be an interchangeable word for Selah. Wilderness could be another descriptive for this powerful concept. God tells us in Psalm 23 that he is with us in the valley, and this place is the connective pathway between mountains. It has been said, and it's true, that the journey is everything. The hunger for the goal is the most rewarding part of life. Pursuit is delight. 
An intercessor lives for the valley just as the warrior longs for war. God seems dearest in the valley. More moves of the spirit have been stopped by success than by all of the machinations of hell combined. This is why we must learn to be hungry for righteousness even when filled. Paul said that he knew how to be both full and hungry. When the reaper is in full operation, the plowman must be vigilant to keep an overtaking for the planting of the next harvest. God loves the valley. Many of his finest works were wrought within the valleys of the scripture. These are the days of new walk or first fruits. Ours is the hour of breathing with God on behalf of the burden of his eyes. Grace is being poured out upon us. It is the day when the sun of righteousness is rising upon the earth. We were chosen from the day we were born to breathe with God concerning the burden of his heart. Even the time frame of God was specific in causing us to have life within this hour. There are things that God has planned to do through us that only we can accomplish. We must never underestimate the breath of God within us. We are not here by accident. We are not misplaced individuals. The Lord graciously reminded me that our hearts can easily become jaded and there are times when, as much as we don't want to admit it, our love has faded. But he is so faithful to restore our soul and to make all things new. I'm so very thankful and humbled that God allowed me to walk through the valley, that he never left my side, but more importantly, that because I know who I am in him, I came out victorious. We are on this journey with our Father, and we need to always, always, always allow Him to be our shepherd. We may feel distractions on all sides, but we must make sure that our hearts hold on to perfect peace. In reflecting back, not only on the week spent with my uncle, but back to the beginning of this year of grace, I can truly see a Psalm 23 process. Promises were made and kept. Provision was not only met, but the need was exceeded. There have been times of rest and restoration, but also times of commissioning and victory. God always protected me from the attack of the enemy, whether it was demonic forces coming against or opposition from those around me. I can personally confirm that the valley is the sweetest, most intimate times we have with our Father. It is in this place that he truly is the closest to us. The valley is a place that I have learned to welcome and at times wish I could abide there with him a little longer. We truly do serve a good, good father. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this has blessed you and I just speak great peace, favor, and blessing over everyone. Mm-hmm.